Hello, and welcome to the official NHA podcast. I'm your interim host, Requiem, filling in for Proton Storm, who's busy being doctor. Not a real doctor like certain other people on the podcast, but a fake doctor who gets a degree in ancient Japanese toilets or whatever it is he studies. Joining me this week is an actual doctor, Dr. Kev. Good evening. What do you think of the fact that we'll have to call him Dr. Proton? Um... I just hope it doesn't go to his head. I mean, eventually he's going to become Professor Proton anyway, so it will be a temporary measure on his step to eventual apotheosis. So let's not worry Proton about Sama. Proton Sama. No, Proton I don't think it's going to go to his It's not going to go to his head since it's in the, it's in Japanese toilets, as Rex said. It's the other, other direction. Yeah. Well, it can't go to his head. Like you say, it can't get any bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he came in, like, self-centered and arrogant, so he can't get worse. <laughs> also, jo- words. also joining me this week, believe it or not, is Gugsy. Oh, and I do have a, a, a degree in Japanese toilets, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure that that's, yeah. that's, that's why you have uh, eight-hour Zoom calls all week. All week, baby. All week, studying the fine arts. The fine, the fine arts of ceramics. No, the fine arts of passing stools. Uh, and of course, as you just heard right there, we are once again joined by That's My Pizza. Honestly, at this point, you're pretty much just the host. You're not subbing for Proton. Like, when was the last time Proton even hosted a podcast? It's been a couple of years, but it's a running joke, Pizza. <laughs> Humor is lost on me. <laughs> it usually is. But well, I think thanks, it's funny. G- thanks, Rack. <laughs> I think it's funny, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing it. All right. Although I am running out of uh, things to say Proton is doing. so. Well, thankfully, he continues doing things. So Yeah, he keeps doing things, so I'll, I'll be Busy able to material. keep coming up with shit. Yeah. Hope he enjoys being in Princeton or whatever the hell he ends up. Ivy League jerk. <laughs> <laughs> all right Bo- bougie boy fucking bougie all right let's... he thinks he's better than us anyway moving on from people who go to ivy league schools to people who went to community colleges it's me and let's throw it to doc kev with our rundown of the articles on our website that we're supposed to be supporting hmm. so as our website is medium.com forward slash anite dash official or anite.org for short is the community blog dedicated to East Asian culture, mostly anime. Um, so things that we've got on the site since the last time we recorded, um, our friend Dark Ether has written his top seven games of 2023. Uh, it's amazing he actually has top seven games because I don't think I even managed to play more than three games last year. So well done, Dark Ether. Um, so go give that a read. Um, I've started doing a retrospective on uh, Ghost in the Shell, um, both manga and anime incarnations of that gargantuan franchise. So I've done a review of the original manga from 1991, 
and uh, the first season of Standalone Complex. So go have a look at that. There will be more of those to come. Um, and then I've done a couple more articles for Anime News Network. There's a, a review of the TV, uh, well, not Netflix anime, Goodnight World, which wasn't very good, and a review of the first couple of audiobooks of In Love with the Villainess, which was well, both excellent. So go listen to that. Hmm. I really would like an actual, really faithful adaptation of the original Ghost in the Shell manga because the original movie changed the tone in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Standalone Complex and, and Second Gig aren't really, re- they're not really ad- adaptations of the original manga anymore. So, no, but um, Standalone Complex it adapts the general tone and structure of the manga extremely well, and it represents the characters very similar to how they are in the manga, and it also lifts entire scenes from the manga, even though it reinterprets and recontextualizes them. I think Standalone Complex actually surpasses the manga. Um, the manga is all over the place in terms of tone and content, and it's just, uh, I mean, it's it's fine. But there's quite a lot of tiresome stuff in there. And once it gets old, kind of techno babbly, it's like, oh, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> yeah, so, I, don't, I don't disagree, but I would like still just one like real adaptation of the original manga, like completely as accurate as possible. Just once. Hmm. I'm not sure. You know, I, I, hmm. I thought, wasn't it? It was sometime this week, I thought, that in, uh, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex had like an anniversary. It's it's either like the twenty fifth anniversary or I want to say the the what was it, the I think it was I, I don't know if I have this so, right. So, so what, the Laughing Man thing yeah. was supposed to happen this week, like in the show. So, yeah, on the third of February, twenty twenty four is when the the Laughing Man uh, abduct, abducts the CEO of Serrano Genomics and um, un- unleashes his um, well known logo thing on, onto the world. So that that happened yesterday. So I, I, I hope you've all got your firewalls up on your cyber brains because uh, some heavy-duty hacking is coming. I think I'm fucked. Yeah, it is fun. always fun when you hit the, the date that uh, the shows in the past thought was the future. Yeah. Like when, well, we, got to, like when we got to the date that Back to the Future went to. <laughs> we're like, yeah, I was going to suck on my flying cars. Yeah. Or when we get to uh, like 20XX where I'm expecting kind of like full reploads Reploids and like Mega Man stuff happening all mm-hmm. over the place. Mm. But at least Elon Musk is doing his very best to introduce a sort of Ghost in the Shell style dystopian nightmare with his Neuralink thing and uh, in- installing basically basic cyber brains into apparently volunteering humans. Who knows? Oh my god. I just remember seeing like a trend on Twitter where, where they in a, transposed that te- like that tweet from Elon into like mm. horror games. It was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah. did happen also this week that they did mm-hmm. the first first chip in a, in an actual human subject. So yeah. we're all we're well we're headed, on our way. We're headed straight mm-hmm. to Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven or so System in, Shock. So in, in Ghost of in the Shell chronology, that that happened first about ten years ago. So we're about ten years behind Ghost in the Shell. So we're you know, we're going to catch up with it eventually. Yay! I always did love the. Uh, the idea of the standalone complex. Like I thought that was a really interesting concept. I think the internet is really proving that to be a real thing over and over again. <laughs> the, the show is incredibly prescient. Um, but the original manga is incredibly prescient. It's incredible to think that Shiro started writing that in 1989. 
Um, it, so much of it holds up today. Apart from the fact that they're all using like shiny CD type discs and stuff, they're not using USB thumbsticks and Bluetooth in, instead. But um, yeah, yeah, and none of them have a smartphone. No, everybody still has flip phones. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, there's still flip phones today. Yeah, yeah. Some people swear by those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you never seen and one of those. We have you know, people like that love the dumb phone, the phone that's just a phone. Old people have flip phones on Cricket or whatever. Oh, I'm talking about the ones that like are the that they have the full screen, but that you can fold them. I've never seen. Oh, one yeah, those. the Z fold. There, I've, I knew I had a I knew a guy at my old job who had one of those. It was pretty cool, but I, don't, I didn't think it was worth the extra money. Yeah. And of course, we all know which movie was most prescient about the future: Demolition Man. <laughs> Any day now, we'll get them three seashells. Mm. Love that fucking movie. Anyway, I don't know. Let's I'm, move I'm partial to the ter- Terminator future. <laughs> we're, we're all like mostly dead and being hunted by machines. Yep. Yeah, Elon Musk, he's right on path for that. He's like, what if we build machines that look kind of like skeleton? <laughs> Terminators. He wants Terminators. I mean, he did sell flamethrowers at one point. Oh my god. Uh, my favorite thing about Elon Musk this week has been that transcript from his trial where they're like, so you're the leader of the boring company, right? And he's like, no. And he goes, do you see right here where your lawyer stipulated to that you're the leader of the boring company? And his response was, um. <laughs> <laughs> Very deeply stupid man. Yes, yeah, it's Elon Musk is, is the ultimate proof of like, why is this complete moron so fucking rich? Like it's it's the the, it's the most sure sign that we're broken. Our as a whole society is broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we here to talk about anime? Oh right, fucking anime shit. Uh, um, allegedly, yeah, no. Yeah. What are you talking about? That's not what we're, <laughs> we're here to talk. No, about. we're talking about we're here to talk about the proletariat and rising up to seize the music production. Well, there are there are anime that do do that. <laughs> That's true. But uh, let's move on to the news. I think Dr. Kev has some news that's very exciting for a certain subset of people. Yes. So um, finally, after 20 years, Type Moon has announced that their um, very popular uh, visual novel, Fate Stay Night, is finally getting an official English translation, probably more than a decade after the fan translation was read by every single person who ever wants to read it already. <laughs> but, but it's fine. I, you know, I've read the thing. I'm still going to buy it. Um, it's, it's coming out on, I think it's Switch and uh, PC via Steam. It's a shame there's no PlayStation version, because I would have definitely wanted that. But, um, it's fine. It appears to be basically not a remake or anything. It's not like the Tsukihime remake that comes out in English this year. It's just a, a port of the PlayStation Vita version, which came out, I think, 2012, which is itself a remake of the PS2 version. So it doesn't have any of those really, really horrible sex scenes in it, which <laughs> they're terrible. So this is the sanitized version. Uh, those um, sex scenes are hilarious, and you know it. They, they are hilariously bad. They are just so bad. If you want them, you can just go look them up on certain sections of the internet. You don't need them in your game. They don't add anything. I'm sorry, um, those sex scenes are the second funniest sex scenes I've ever seen. Yeah. So anyway, that's out sometime later in 2024. They didn't spe- specify a date, um, 
But it's quite amazing that with that we'll have had three Type Moon visual novels within the last year or so. Witch on the Holy Night, which is incredible, by the way. You need to read that. Um, and Tsukihime, which is out shortly, and Fate Stay Night. So really what they need to release after this is Fate Hollow Ataraxia, and that'll be, um, I'll be a happy man. Maybe... Yeah, because you'll be happily done with it and can move on. <laughs> yeah, move on with my life. Yeah, well, but then, then fate extra, and then fate extra. CCC has to come out. No, so, um... yeah, yeah. You're never done with Tight Moon. You know that. No. There's always more. <laughs> Been fate strange, fake, uh, fate moon cancer. <laughs> Whatever fate goes doing. Oh yeah, I still play that. I'm so yeah, Doc, Doc is deep, deep into fate goes. So. <laughs> They'll never let me leave. There's no hope for you. No. All right. Speaking of a company with no hope, uh, I think Pizza, you have some Konami news. Are they actually doing something useful? Oh, yeah. Surprisingly. Um, so Konami has established its own anime studio, Konami Animation. And uh, it released a six-minute short uh, about uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! And uh, from the trailer, it looks like it's just kind of presenting like short snippets of um like anime that they could be producing like they had like a short snippet about like um the blue eyes white dragon dark magician set and then the tamer set from like way back when the game first launched and just a bunch of other pretty popular sets got like some short snippets of animation and I think my favorite part of the short animation was the one about the six samurai set. And it's not because the samurais themselves look really silly, because they look like they have mocap lights on their armor, and it's just, I can't take it super seriously because of that. But the animation uh, in that, sh- like, that short section was really, really good. And so that's really interesting. And also, well, they announced that they are releasing, like, a Yu-Gi-Oh! game collection. So, um, ports of the old, like, GBA and other Yu-Gi-Oh! games are going to be put into a collection and sold, kind of like the Mega Man X collection that's currently on the Switch, PC, and basically everywhere. So, yeah, it looks like Yu-Gi-Oh! is actually doing some interesting stuff that won't require you to actually play the card game. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yes. I have a I weird relationship with card game. Well, the thing about the card game is that it's very it's very unique, but it's also I have a really bad ha- uh, bad relation with card games because I spent so much money on it when I was younger and I'm le- and then I just col- quit cold turkey and swore never to go back to it because that was a very expensive hobby. Well, I mean, I can't say anything. I'm a Warhammer fan. <laughs> well, just compare it to like Magic the Gathering. Like you could easily build a good deck in Magic the Gathering for like dollars. Well, if you want to like get a make a good and interesting Yu-Gi-Oh deck, that would cost you maybe like four to four to five hundred dollars, depending on how overpriced certain cards are. Ooh. Woof. Yeah, I just like I kind of got way too way too in too into the game around the synchro stuff so i wanted to get a plague spreader zombie and that thing was freaking expensive and all the things it built into was also were also freaking expensive so that's my perspective on the card game yeah it was funny as i just 
I was going through a bunch of my old boxes because I was trying to set up my bookshelves. Because, you know, I've only lived in this house for three and a half years. Thought it might be a good time to unpack my books. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. <laughs> I found my old magic cards from like, this is like series one from back in like the mid 90s when it launched. Oh, do you get, do you have any black lotuses? Nah, nah, trust me, I've checked. <laughs> but it is kind of fun to look at. I remember like when I used to like, it was hard to find them back then, right? When I first launched it, like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And I had to like, I had to drive like 40, 50 miles to a hobby shop to buy them. And then I couldn't find anybody to play with. So they kind of just, it was, I was doing the collectible part of the collectible card game. Yeah. But yeah, I never got, I never understood Yu Yu. I don't really get the Pokemon card game either. I think I'm just too old. Yeah. I, I, w- I was the right age for the Pokemon cards, but for Yu Gi Oh, I was, I grew out of that. Yeah. And I can't, I just can't imagine getting into like Pokemon or any of the other trading card games at the moment because it feels like the market for them has gotten really bad because speculators have gotten into it. Oh yeah, they basically it, ruined it. Yeah. There's a whole break box breaking thing. There's like a, there's a whole social media live streaming site just for, you know, buy into this box. Let's hope there's some good shit in here. I'm like, this is when there's a whole industry around it, I think you've gone too far. Way back in the late nineties, by the way, there was a Star Trek the Next Generation trading card game. That was actually fun as hell. Yeah, no one remembers back in the day. Though. Yeah, back in the day, there used to be a uh, Naruto trading card game. Yeah, you think about it, I'm kind of surprised there isn't like there's like a one. Like, I know there is a One Piece game, but I'm surprised that those aren't as big as like Yu Gi Oh or Pokemon. Uh, it's pretty big. I know uh, Hybrid Mink collects them. Yeah, Hybrid, Hybrid Mink does everything One Piece. Anyway, so yay, more Yu Gi Oh. Maybe we'll get more Yu Gi Oh anime by Konami directly, which. That would be interesting. I wouldn't mind if they made more uh, Yu-Gi-Oh anime that was related more to the original anime instead of this weird shit they keep making. Uh, I might check it out. Yeah, honestly, yeah, it kind of like the anime, the six minute short they showed seemed more in the vein of them doing a project kind of like Pokemon, the various Pokemon anime animations that came out like Paldeo and Paldeo and Winds and Concierge. So more. Oh, they do stop that... motion Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm, I'm there for stop motion Blue Eyes Red Dragon. Oh yeah, that would be pretty cool. But I don't know if I what I'm looking for uh, in a, like any future Yu-Gi-Oh animations would be probably stuff that's actually using the Yu-Gi-Oh characters set in like their own universe, not and it's not like related to the cards at all. Like, give me something like the Rage of Bahamut. Uh, anime where we are just following like the dark magician and their adventures or whatever. Well, I mean, or... if you want to make money, you make a show about dark magician girl. Hmm. Yeah. That's no, what the no, money no. is, man. The, the, the only way you'll, you'll get me to, to watch uh, anything you go re- related is if you make the main character pot of greed. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> what does it do? The pot of greed series. <laughs> that one, was that one card where you have to put together like the five parts of him? Exodia. There you go, Exodia the series. He has anyway. to find his his other his other parts. Yeah, that's what he's in a, he's in a search for his head. <laughs> All right. So, Gugs, I hear you have some news about our favorite uh, elf based animation. Yeah. So apparently, um, you, you know, Freerin, um I mean, it's super popular. I'm. I know you all are watching it. Twenty twenty three Anime of the Year. Anime of the Year. Yeah. Very prestigious awards it's winning. 
And um, apparently, it's getting to the point now. It, I mean, it's super popular in Japan, but it's getting to the point now where it's going from popular in the anime community to uh, popular in like in like Japan in like the mainstream. Um, apparently, it's 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 now past the point where it's selling uh, a million copies a month, over a million copies a month, and. Um, that now, like some of the memes from the show are like starting to to break into into Japanese mainstream culture, and and their the free run memes are starting to trend. So it's 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 jumping into that 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 from that um, state of you know popular for like a, a popular anime to like popular mainstream stuff like One Piece and all these other things, Demon Slayer. Yeah, yeah, the free run memes are breaking into the mainstream. Like that, that picture of her holding the potion while being smug, that's broken into the people who don't know where it's from. That's when you know you've hit the big time. They've got Japanese parents saying to their kids, well, you know, Himmel the hero would have done his homework. So the kids <laughs> go, oh, okay, I better go do my homework then. Are you going to start funny. using that on your son? <laughs> uh, yeah, I should maybe try that, although he's never seen free run, so he'd just look at me and go, what? <laughs> I feel so bad for Himmel, by the way. Yeah. That guy had blue balls for like fifty years. Oh. <laughs> he's just he's he's just over there, he's thirsty as hell, and she just didn't pick up on it at all for, for like decades. That sucks. That poor man. Yeah, uh, Freewin is, is is getting it's in that space where now they're doing collabs with uh Stuff like Doctor Conan or or Conan or whatever, who, who's like you know probably as mainstream as it gets in in Japan right now. Yeah. So or Beyblade as well. Yeah, Beyblades. Beyblade. I would love this. Oh my god! If they made put Freeman in Beyblade, I would watch the Beyblade show again. Yeah, they they make memes about Freeman. Is her is her name Freeman? Well, Freeman. Yeah. Um, um, discovering Beyblades. <laughs> so hilarious. Yeah. Free run playing Crossfire. Yeah. So it's Crossfire. it's it's getting big. And I eventually will watch it. You really should. It's fucking great. I I have no good reason I haven't, really. This last arc about the, the mage um The Mage exam. Tra- yeah, the mage exam. Oh, it's really fucking good. Yeah. Uh but I can't wait to get to the next arc because that's probably my favorite arc in the manga. It is so good. And, and rounding out the news, big news for fans of uh, gr- uh, legendary Grumposaurus Hiyo Miyazaki's latest movie, The Boy and the Heron, or How Do You Live in Japan. In North America, it is now the number three highest grossing anime film of all time. It passed Pokemon the Movie 2000 to take third place. It's now sitting behind Pokemon the First Movie from 1998 and, of course, Demon Slayer Mugen Train. Which made so much fucking money. Uh, which that made forty nine point five million dollars. Right, so, uh, Boy and the Heron is at like forty four. So it might take number two. I don't think it's going to get the Pokemon, the first movie because that made eighty five million. Which if you uh, if you adjust for inflation is even more. You know, but uh, I think he's got a shot at number two. Where I think it'll sit and until Hideo Miyazaki makes his his next last movie. Or the next Demon Slayer movie comes out. Yeah, that's true. The next Demon Slayer movie as directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Holy shit, could you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine, like, 
the the animation team from UFO Table with Miyazaki as a director, like that, like my brain like is is exploding just thinking. He about would it. just growl at them constantly. You're all shit. Anime's shit. I hate anime. I know, but that would it would be so good. <laughs> He'd be like, "Why doesn't this character talk? Why does she got a thing in her mouth all the time?" <laughs> I mean, she talks now. Do we like this? That like where you know they keep switching between. TV, uh, the show's getting TV shows and then going to movies and then going back to TV shows. No, I hate that. Movies. Yeah, I thought I've so. always I, hated that. Like, go way back, too. I hate that. Uh, it's not as bad as it used to be because, you know, back in me and Doc's age, if they someone released a movie, we didn't fucking see it. Yeah. As long as they make it available, I don't really mind because I quite like going to see anime in the cinema. So, like, like for example, I went to go and see like the Quintuplets movie, you know, the quintessential Quintuplets. No one else I know has ever even watched that TV show, so I just went by myself. But I had a nice time in the cinema for a couple of hours watching that. I, I have long hated when they. I don't mind if they do a compilation movie or they do a side story. I don't like when primary plot is yeah the next the next arc is the movie is a yeah. movie but it's uh, doc's right it's not as bad as it used to be because you can just go see it now like it most of the bigger shows even things like uh you know rascal does not dream of bunny girl gets some kind of limited release so it's not as bad yeah. as it used to be but i still don't really like it we've never had any of those movies in the uk i don't feel abandoned at all but, yeah, um, see, see, they're maybe. making the damn, yeah, see, they're making the damn movies. If they ever went back and made another season of the TV show, we completely the fucking lost. I know, but like Chainsaw Man, instead of getting a, a second season, it's getting a movie of the next arc. But that does make sense because the next arc in the manga is quite short and would be about the perfect length for a film. So I'm happy enough with that as as, as long as I get to see it because it'll be up on Crunchyroll eventually anyway. Yeah, sounds like you need to move to Japan, man. I'd have to learn Japanese then. Yeah, just really? get on um, Hybrid's plane when he flies over Japan to watch anime. I, I, I can't believe you, you don't understand Nihongo? No. Gomena, sorry. Yeah, I'm just a fake fan. Daijobu. Daijobu. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing better. I don't know. I haven't been to an anime convention in years. So I don't know if this is still a thing. But there's nothing better than the, the hardcore otaku who think they speak Japanese because they watch anime. Oh, no. Yeah, like Proton. Yeah, like Proton. Fucking poser. (laughs) More like Poser Storm. I've never been to an anime convention in my life. I've been to, like, Comic-Cons, but there isn't enough anime fans around here for there to be a big anime convention. Well, back back a few years ago, we did have the Anate meetup at Anime Expo. but Hmm. Because I had first gone to Anime Expo way back in 2006. Um, It's actually when I got engaged to my uh, wife. Um, and we went to it in Anaheim, not LA, because at the time it was that it was that much smaller. And w- when I went with the guys at the uh, the meetup a few years later, it, I, I couldn't handle it anymore. Like it's like I can't go to Comic Con anymore. The crowds are too big, mm-hmm. and it's just basically hell for me. Like it, it's too big. The lines are too long. Uh, I'm just waiting in the line outside to get in. I got sun. I got heat exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I got back in, I basically passed out, and uh, one of the annotators, unfortunately, no longer part of the group, had to like save me. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. Anyway, moving on to shows from this year or this season, we're you know we're what we're really far in now. We're about the halfway point of the season, give or take, maybe a little less than that. We just started uh, voting for the collaboration. Um, 
So we talked about a lot of the big ones, like solo leveling and, and delicious in dungeon last time. So let's do some other stuff here. There's a, a really interesting isekai. That's an isekai, then a un isekai. And it's also starring a character who's a doctor. So Doc, what do you think for, about it from your medical perspective? The Doctor Elise, although the, weirdly the Japanese title is Surgeon Elise, and they've not localized that the right way. But I don't know, which is weird because she is a surgeon. Um, yeah, but, but the title also says the Lady with the Lamp, which they haven't explained yet. Well, that's probably some kind of um, what, what you, what, reference to what's her name, uh, Nightingale. I don't know, a bit weird. Oh um, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so the premise of this show it, it's so that's this girl who's like a spoiled rich girl. Um, when she dies, she's reincarnated into modern Japan and becomes a surgeon and decides she likes saving people's lives. And then she dies horribly. Is it like a plane crash or something? And then she's she's reincarnated again, but back into her original self as the spoiled teenager. So now she surprises everyone by not being a spoiled teenager anymore and decides she wants to go back to... Uh, saving people's lives in this uh, less technical, technologically advanced civilization. So she goes off to train as a doctor, and um, basically she's she's a an entry level medical student. And somehow they let her start cutting people open with scalpels because you know that's that's what happens in medical school straight away. Uh, it's fun. Um, I, I I quite like it. It's medically reasonably accurate. Um, some of the stuff I was like, yeah, that that would not happen. Um, but, what about the splenectomy? Yeah. I mean, the, the basics of that was right. Um, I'm not sure that I would be confident to do a splenectomy. <laughs> Basically, you wouldn't let me anywhere near you with a knife if you could. If you could let me, um, yeah. When I was when I was assessed for surgical school skills when I was in medical school, they were like, "You'd be better as an engineer." I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just a physician. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you a question about this show, Kev? Because I've only, I've mm. seen the first uh, first episode only. Mm. So one of the things that didn't really that didn't click with me uh, when I just watched that, that first episode was the fact that like their her first life as a as an evil I guess person didn't really get like any time at all. And basically they they re- they just referenced that oh she was she was bad. But then then they go to the second life and then come back and it's just. I, I just was a little annoyed that in the isekai, they just kind of like, oh, her first life, she was, she was just evil. And don't worry about it. We're not going to tell you what exactly <laughs> she, she did, but she was just, she's just evil. And now, now she's magically good. And I didn't, I thought, I thought that was really lazy. Well, they're, they're kind of doling out the, the details of her first life as she runs back into people. Um, as the show goes on. Also, I don't think she wasn't evil. She was just uh, selfish and incompetent. And she ended up marrying the the prince and becoming like empress, and she ruined like her, she was part of the downfall of the country. Basically, she got executed, if I remember correctly. So see, it's not so, that she was evil so much as that she sucked. See, but that I to to compare this to uh, Tear Moon from last season, like I I actually I liked that in Tear Moon they constantly did like flashbacks to like what she would do in her in her previous life, whereas with Doctor Elise, this one they just kind of like they just kind of hand wave it away. Like her it's more hand- focused. Uh, it's more focused on her using her second life to influence yeah. the world now. Yeah, her main motivator is is that second life as a doctor. That's the one that's had the most profound effect on her. 
Um, so she's not really so much motivated by regret due to her previous life. She just wants to continue helping people. And that, that's where her motivation comes from. Um, I mean, it's, it's based on a series of novels, so I imagine they may have had to condense quite a lot of it to fit it into an anime series. So maybe the novels address your criticism more, but I don't know. It's it's not even Japanese, it's Korean. So um, oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I just, I'm just... You know the the better the the better story in here would have been like oh she's like her she gets isekai whatever to the doctor and you follow her as a doctor where she learns how to be like not as selfish and and does all that but then when you when you now flip it and now she's it's it's just so much less interesting that now she's like I guess she's helping everyone now and now back to her original life without any of that you don't you don't see any of that growth now so. Really I don't know. find the show really interesting. Like she's, okay. you know, she's like the, the idea of being cut loose in like like a late seventeen hundred society with twenty first century medical knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like you know, these guys don't don't know that you can remove a spleen, for instance. You know, diabetes was a brand new idea. Like they, they like they didn't recognize it. Like a few people had done a paper on it. That was it. Like that that's an interesting idea to me. I don't know. I thought it was Although weirdly, I think they they referenced like defibrillators or something like that. Yeah, they uh, told him to get the electrical defibrillator. I'm like, you guys have one of those? Yeah, I was a bit very surprised by that. <laughs> they wake wake me up when they bring out the leeches. Yeah, and, and then there's the part where where the one of the patients had like a bed sore on his back and then she went and did some sort of surgical treatment on it. I'm like that that is not how you treat I was gonna. I meant. I was gonna ask you about that. Are you supposed to cut off bed sores? No, no, that is not what you do. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you do have to debride them. Sometimes you do have to take the, the stuff. Well, off they did the... say that she debrided it, basically. But that but was not seemed... what they animated. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think they drew it right. <laughs> no, no, no. But thank yeah, God I... they didn't. They didn't like actually show it because that would have been gross as hell. That'd been like a Doctor yeah. Pimple Popper episode. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. honestly, I think the medical part of the show is probably the least interesting part of the show for me. I think the um I personally think the character writing and the world building has actually been very strong. Mm. Like I really love how they fleshed out Elise's relationship with the king and this yeah the king and her uh family as well. It just feels the dialogue feels very natural and it just feels like Whenever somebody is talking, it's very important, but it also informs you more about the world and the characters themselves. And that's kind of what I look for in a series, and also a series that is really engaging to me. And essentially, I keep getting pulled into the story because I'm just more interested to see what different things uh, Elise will have to encounter or deal with, or just how other people's reactions to her will be because they're generally just interesting and all these characters are just interesting well-rounded people like i'm just kind of tired of like a lot of these web novels and light novels that have been getting animated where they're they introduce like shallow one-note villains who are just there to get kicked knocked down and i do understand that there is a time and place for that but i just feel like how those types of villains or different characters are used aren't used super well in a lot of uh, light novel or web novel adaptations at the moment. But, yeah, there's no villains in the show. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Everybody's just kind of pleasant and there are some antagonists like, but they're all like foreign and they're not really on string on screen. They're just more of a malicious force that they kind of have to take into account. I do wonder if they'll do like the big, the big crisis at the end of the season would be the same as, 
uh, farm scene in another world where it's the bubonic plague. Yeah. yeah. That was like the last four episodes of that show. Maybe it'll be Dr. Elise versus the anti-vaxxers or something like that. It's fucking COVID. She's like, I recognize this one. And they're like, it's not real. Yeah, well, they (laughs) did tease like some kind of pandemic happening in like episode two. And that's like one of the reasons why the Empire fell or whatever in her first life. You're right. That did happen. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But I also want to talk about the tone of how the med- like all the medical stuff is introduced in. Like, I could barely take it episode three seriously because uh, Elise basically arrives in like the poor ward and it's just like poorly con- uh, poorly maintained. And she's like, "All right, I'm just gonna clean this place up and make it nice." And then it d- she and like the other ma- uh, other mate like the midwives or the nurses in that ward just like kind of mary poppins cleaned everything it was just like <laughs> this is fucking freaking hilarious yeah because that's how every hospital runs their wards right just shit on the ground yes <laughs> dirt everywhere <laughs> terrible conditions and yeah i don't know it's just the tone of the anime can be really silly at times like the whole deduction of the king's ailment was really funny to me because she heard the symptoms that the king is having and then she just basically got a brain blast. It's like, it's diabetes. It's like, <laughs> well, that's what happens every day in my job. People tell me what's wrong with them and I'm like, Whoa. yeah, you've yeah. got a boil in your bum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, like at least the guy in pharmacy in the world had the magic uh, medical eye. Yeah, he was able to identify everything super quickly. But I don't know. Um, I just find the various tones in the show to be ve- very fun at times, but also very silly. So, so do you like the show? Yeah, I do like the show. It's not like blowing my socks off, but it's very enjoyable. Like, I pretty every episode kind of feels like five minutes to me because I'm having a good time, and I feel like the uh, there's no real downtime in the show itself. Something is always happening. And what about you, Doc? You engaged? Like yeah, I, I do like it. I, I do think it's a bit silly, but um, it's kind of fun otherwise. Yeah, yeah. it's harmless. Hmm. All right, let's move on to the weakest tamer goes on a journey to gather trash. Which She's not gathering what? trash. She's scavenging. Well, not I know that, that's how they that's how they translate it in English. Um, <laughs> which is a very weird, very weird light novel title for a very interesting show i really like the show because the pace is kind of languid um it's very, very slow it, it, it takes a, a lot of time with the camera just on the, our main character and her adorable little slime buddy uh with a really fucked up um origin story yeah, uh, yeah I, was, I really i really like dark. how they it's very dark if <laughs> like mm-hmm. they're trying like i love like their parents her parents were just immediately like get the fuck out you should die your dad's like, you cheated on me and this isn't my daughter. I was like, fuck, that was quick. Yeah. It hadn't even been like two hours. It's, it's no wonder she's like a terrified, traumatized child who shakes like a leaf whenever she enters like a new town or something. Just in mm-hmm. case, you know, people are ready to like, just murder her because of who she is. It is kind of sad. She's always afraid of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with good reason. Like, the, the yeah. town actually sent a search party to find her and kill her. Yeah. I am, and then, um, like at the end of episode, I think it was three. She found like the cadavers of the that search party after yeah. a monster got him. 
which is even darker now that you think, it didn't even, that I think fu- about it. What's fucked up is that I didn't even throw her that much. She's like, oh, hey, dead bodies. <laughs> this is my life now. <laughs> I really like how they hand how they handle the isekai element where like her she's been you know, reincarnated, but her past life like is like a separate personality that talks to her in her head. It's yeah. not her necessarily. I thought that was a really interesting way to do it. Yeah. I still think it's not terribly important. Like it could have been fully cut and then well, I, th- I think there are hints, though, that uh, about isekai people in this world having special powers or something like that, or having some yeah, she, special role. Yeah, she they, she told that like fairy tale about how the, the 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 lost magic that they need to do stuff was is wielded by a girl from another world. Mm-hmm. Somehow she didn't make that. She didn't draw the line there. But I was like, hello, the only girl from another world around here is you. Figure it out. I hate when you hate when characters aren't genre savvy. The, <laughs> well, they can be too genre savvy, and then you can, the show just kind of I don't know the writing just falls off super hard if it if that that is that, that is true. You, can go, you can go too far the other way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but do you like the show? I think it's okay. Not I don't like it as much as Elise because I personally think it's just too slow and too. Yeah, it's too slow for me. Like, the first two episodes for me were really hard to get through. Three and four were actually pretty good because they started to introduce, like, like the various uh, systems that the town she's visiting has. And then three was her just basically her backstory, which was interesting. But I think, honestly, episode four was kind of very good. I just feel like episodes one and two, she was just on her own too often and... Honestly, I don't particularly think uh, Ivy is too interesting of a person at the moment because she hasn't really had anybody to play off of besides her slime that goes Puyo Puyo. <laughs> I like the slime. It's um, fine. It's not I know, I can, like... It, is, it is slow. I can really understand if people bounce off it because it's too slow. But I really, I kind of like that. I like that she doesn't just get... She doesn't just find people who are super nice to her right away. She doesn't ma- magically have special abilities that make her OP. It's like she's gonna she's struggling and she has to struggle. I really mm-hmm. for some reason I really liked watching her try to solve that magic bag problem. There was like a puzzle in a game. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like that scene. Yeah, that this was bag goes fun. this bag, and if I put this bag into this bag, and then she has to go take them all out to put the money away or whatever. Yeah, that shit was great. Yeah, but at times I just kind of feel like it's not super. Like it includes stuff that isn't really relevant, like her calculating out how much, how many field mice she got. Well, how, yeah, how <laughs> many like field mice part. she got versus in that's money. like a hundred field mice. Yeah, I just think that scene personally went on a little too long. It's funny; it shows you how her mind works. Very sweet. Yeah. I still love this. She's hardcore though. It's like if I set a trap for a mouse and I found a snake monster in it, I'm just gonna walk away. I'm not grabbing a bag. I'm going to get a catcher and walk around with it. <laughs> Fuck that. She has nothing. So whatever she, whoever she gets, she has to do something with it. It's like, well, I guess can't let the snake monster go to waste. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. yeah. Do you like the show, Doc? I, I do. Um, I, I, I don't think much has really happened in it. It's more of a mood piece than anything else. Mm. Um, that is I'm, true. That is true. I am interested to see if it will develop a plot of some kind at some point. It doesn't seem to be in any rush to do so. 
Um, but you know, it's a nice kind of relaxing watch. Apart from the the sheer horror of her childhood, that that episode was really really rough to to get through. It's like, well, this isn't relaxing at all. Um, I personally yeah, thought that was the best episode so yeah. far. <laughs> well, that's because stuff actually happened. But I mean, that flashback was harsh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just like children in pain. Yeah, like yelling at her mom. Who did you fuck? <laughs> God, the, the brother just hurls her out of the house. I'm like, damn, this this should happen. It kind of reminded me of uh, uh, my instant death abilities overpowered, where like everybody in, in the bus turns asshole immediately, like within ten seconds. They're like, all right, we're gonna leave you to get eaten by dragons. Anyway, so that one's kind of. I think that show. I like it. I recommend it. But I think it does have. I don't know. There is kind of a barrier to entry there. Like for some people, it's going to be too slow, and not enough is going to be happening. And I get that, but it, you know, I encourage people to check it out. I've also no idea where this one is getting a simul dub, so it comes out immediately dubbed in English. Um, it just seems like an odd show to choose to do that. But I guess they must have finished production on this early. Um, so animation is pretty good. I mean, it, yeah, it looks lovely. It looks really, really good. They draw yeah. the hell out of that slime. Mm-hmm. Puyo Puyo. Mm-hmm. Or Mean Bean Machine. <laughs> okay, so all three of you guys, Gugsy and Pizza and Doc, are all watching Seventh Time Loop, which I am not. So I give the floor to you. Is this a show worth watching? Uh, I think it is. It's probably on the level or better than Dr. Elise in that mm-hmm. yeah. essentially you have a very skilled main character who's... Um, making who actually had who's making a lot of interesting decisions like she's not passive and she is very go-getting which is very interesting to watch and basically every single episode she's just like making very big decisions or building up to that and it's always just interesting to watch She's a strong female character with pink hair, so I am there immediately. <laughs> only she, yeah, it'd only get better for you if she was also a Yandere, right? Well, we, yeah. we can Is she crazy pretend. enough? She's not crazy. <laughs> She's very sane, and I like her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it is good. It, it's, it's interesting. She's had all of these previous lives. They've all ended horribly all due to the same one guy the guy that she's now engaged to be married to but yeah. i think it's just a great setup it's like yeah you've killed me that- like six times already i can't trust you and he's like mm, i really like you yeah oh, <laughs> see, dude, that's, that that's where that's where like my my comparison with dr elise like when you know, i go back so dr elise like they don't really ever or at least in the first episode at least they didn't really ever like show anything about her first life or what happened to her. Whereas in, in this one, they absolutely do, they do show you like all the things that she's been doing. So it, it, it absolutely is, is, it sets her character up so much better to like, be like, okay, so I've done these things before. And I, look, you, now I've shown you all these things that I've done in preparation for this. Whereas in Dr. Lee's, they kind of just, they hand wave that, that like her first life out almost entirely in the first episode. So I think I, this, that's I think it makes it so much more interesting to see like her okay use the tools that she has learned over all these things to to like to solve this the problem of her now fiance is probably going to murder her. <laughs> mm-hmm. And 
I also like just the interplay, the character dynamics between everybody, because they're all very entertaining and engaging people. Like, I absolutely love the dance scene from episode three with Elise oh, yes. and, mm. and um, the main male lead. Mm-hmm. It was so good because it's just like they weren't actually speaking to each other, but they were trying to like physically challenge each other. And mm-hmm. it was kind of like an interesting discussion and it showed their relationship dynamic in a very interesting way. So, yeah, yeah. the show is very well scripted and it doesn't actually need to use words in a lot of in a lot of spaces to get its point across, which is very engaging to watch. I think my only problem with the show right now is that the main dude is like, I, I, his design is too evil pretty for me. I just, <laughs> it just bothers me. It's very, it's very shoujo bad boy sort of type. And it's, <laughs> it's like, I, it just bothers me. Does he have a cape or a cloak that billows in the wind? Yes. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes, he has the cape. He's extremely mm. tall, black hair, with a constant smirk on his face the whole time. Just like, okay. Just yeah, all, nice. all, of, all that shoujo bad boy vibes. You're meant to want to marry him, Gugsy, to make him better, because you can uh, do that. You can fix him. I can fix him, yeah. yeah. People can change. <laughs> yeah. does, he, does he ever show up wearing a mask and throwing a rose? Not yet. Well, mm-hmm. it's not out of the question. <laughs> That's where we are at this. If he ends up with like a superhero like alter ego, then I'll start watching the show. It, unfortunately, some time loop really isn't that type of show. No. Tuxedo mask. I'm like, it's the same. He's just wearing a fucking mask over his eyes. He's not covering any of his face. <laughs> oh god, that drove me nuts when I was a kid. <laughs> he never did anything either. He would he would throw a rose to like do what? He didn't. He never did anything. It drove me crazy. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, the, only, the other thing about this series and just kind of meta-wise is I find it interesting how, like, these kind of villainess-esque, villainess-esque shows have a very strong... Uh, they tend to cover economic issues very frequently, and mm. I just find it interesting how they always go that route, and they always kind of cover the same bases as well, so... Certain things that are inherent to the genre. Yeah. Which isn't bad on itself. It's more about the execution. I just find it kind of weird how a lot of these shows seem to cover the same stuff. Well, like, let's let's roll in. I didn't have this down as one we'll talk about, but we're all watching it. So how, do you, how does this show compare to the level 99 villainous, which is m- oh my more of a comedy, I think. Yeah. You don't like it? I think it's pretty funny. I don't like it at all. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying I, it, too. I, it's, Yay. It's cheap, it's cheap popcorn, but it's yeah. it's 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 good. There's a scene where she keeps she keeps blowing the whistle to summon monsters. That I mean, I was laughing. Like that. <laughs> that was, that yeah. was great. She's like, "Stop uh, doing that!" I love that she's overpowered and so competent, but she's also so completely clueless because she, she just doesn't, doesn't get how other people work at all. And I don't know. Yeah. I just. I felt like the deadpan humor kind of fell flat at from the even from the very beginning. Like, mm. I feel like uh, Umelia as a character is not very is not very interesting as a main character. She's a very good gag character. Like, I feel like she would be very good as a side character that 
appears occasionally in uh what's the main the other girl's name the pink haired one no idea. But that, I mean, that is the point, isn't that? Isn't, isn't that the isn't that the point of the show? Is that she's trying to be the side character in this? And not and, really. She's more just she's overpowered. And well, no. The point was that she was trying she to wants, stay out of the way of the story because in the original story, she was the hidden last boss, who the main character. That's one of my favorite parts of the show is like the, how the first episode was just the opening to the Otome game. Yeah, that she was runs pretty into good. all the guys. Because like her, her entire thing is to be just. I don't want to be part of the. Just, I don't want to be part of the the, the story here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. I just feel like the general writing is very bad. Like there's this whole scene oh, where can't agree. Um, Umelia is like getting proposed to some guys proposing to Umelia about why she should marry her, and then she just dresses him down like very Great. thoroughly. That was not very interesting. It's like. It's all points that were kind of obvious. And yes, that's what made it like, funny. Not really. It was. It feel. I felt like it took way too long to get to that punchline, and it was just not funny at all. By the time they got there, mm. like it's very surface level humor in my opinion, but it's not really supported with interesting animation, nor is the voice work really trying to sell these jokes as well. I just kind of feel like. The show could really be really needs a different. Um, the show really needs a more over the top coat of paint to really sell the silliness of the show. And I'm just really not getting it, getting that at all. I mean, the presentation is not great. I mean, the, the CG monsters are absolutely awful. Yeah. yeah, and then the presentation of the like all the magic that happens is just like Umelia points her hand at an area. It happened, and magic happens. Mm. It's someone's a black really... hole. I thought that was funny as hell. I mean, to be fair though, the first episode is quite funny in that, that like the first half of it is plays it very very straight. It's just yes. like yeah, this is the most basic um, what was it Otome game or whatever ever. And uh, and th- but then it all kind of changes afterwards. I thought that was quite clever, and also quite quite ballsy because I think a lot of people would get quite pretty, pretty bored. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like so deliberately uh, generic. Yeah, but I honestly felt like the that was probably the best thing about the show is just that one, episode one twist, and then we're left mm-hmm. with everything like everything else after the twist, and everything else for me is just not funny at all. And it's not engaging mm-hmm. enough to really keep me coming back each week. I mostly just watch it, watch it because I, everybody else was watching it. That's a shame. But if you uh, have a soul and find funny things funny, I recommend watching the show. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go like, <clears throat> sit here and say like you're definitively wrong. Like, yeah, the presentation's not great, and the humor is is not like it's not like. The the smartest, or you know, it's it's kind of just your basic humor. But I I just think you're not giving it as much credit as uh, maybe it deserves. It just it's like no, is it is it great? No, but it's just it's just like it's just fine enough, I suppose. Is what I would put I it down. If yeah, like I'm not saying it's awful or offending me or anything. I'm just saying if given the t- option, I probably would watch something else because it feels like very much like a four out of ten show for me. It's just like mm-hmm. a little bit below average. It's not well, really you need, engaging you my more time. You do need more time to watch shows where like Alien Mecha hit on people. That's funny and novel. 
I'd wa- totally watch something, a gimmick like that, for at least a couple episodes. Anyway, moving on. I want to talk to my my, my friend Doc Kev here about a show called Sengoku Yoko. Oh, yeah. Because I love it. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I didn't even realize this existed or, or even what it was at, at, at the beginning. But it's, it's written by the same guy that did uh, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, which was a terrible anime, but a great manga. And I'm very, very glad that this is a much better adaptation. It's, it's being done by um, Studio White Fox, who generally make pretty decent stuff. So it looks good. And this is a sort of a fun sort of samurai era fantasy with uh, a cast of sort of four main fun characters, one of whom is another pink-haired girl, so I definitely appreciate. Um, and uh, there's like a, a sort of fox girl who can transfer her fox powers to this really, really angry, edgy guy who then goes sort of all Inuyasha and beats people up. This is this is great. I really like it. And and it's um, apparently it's going to run for 37 episodes. So, and it Holy will, shit. It, and it's going to adapt the entirety of the manga because the, the director insisted that they do that. So um, I'm, I'm quite happy with this. This is a really fun show. I didn't know that, but I'm hyped to hear that because yeah. I really like, I know I like you said Inuyasha because that's immediately what it felt like to me. It feels like an old school supernatural adventure manga, mm. you know, or from like the eight, the nineties, the mid nineties, mm. late nineties. It yeah, feels so like, it t- feels like Inuyasha, but good. Yeah. That's what uh, I said in the chat. I was like, it's like Inuyasha, but I can stand it. Um, yes. <laughs> Partially because, you know, everybody's dialogue isn't just yelling the other person's name. Yeah. What well, well, fucking Kagua shows up again. What was her name? Kyoko? The, the one that was supposed to be dead. It wouldn't ever go away. That, God, I hated that character. I, I never watched the, the anime because I read the first, I don't know, 16 volumes of the manga or something and then just gave up in disgust because there was absolutely no progression of plot or anything. It was so repetitive. Oh, God. It, it, yeah, it just it grinds you down. This This show, though... It's great. All like at first, I was a little worried about the 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 our POV character, the samurai guy, because he kind of annoyed me at first. But like I I've really started to like him as we got to episode three and four. No, uh, come on, I like him. I was going to say I really liked that. Yeah, uh, the, the doc described it. Yeah, there's there's four there's four main characters, and then he described three of them and ignored the fourth one entirely because the fourth one is completely useless. This this human <laughs> samurai is useless, character, but I, I've gotten he's still kind of useless. But I have gotten to like him because he's kind of like he's bringing in that the human the normal human perspective, and he's kind of like the emotional no. core of the show. And I like I like him. I especially like him and Shakugan together. They're kind of cute. Mm-hmm. See, I and like it, I. I th- I think you liked him better because he's he's showing up less and less in every episode. <laughs> well, he he's better. I w- like, he was kind of like the the focus of like the first episode, but he's way better as a side character, he, as like the Moroku of the group. The the, the the less you show him, the better is what we're saying. You use him <laughs> use him enough. No, no, it, he's a, he's a he's a like a role player, right? You bring him off the bench. He plays like eleven minutes, and he does his role, and it's great. It's it's only a problem if you leave him in there for the whole game. You know what I'm saying? I I I, I appreciate your sports metaphor here, but he is useless. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the other three characters are definitely way more important and way better. Way more, yeah, more important. I, I, I like all four characters. I especially like them as a group. That's the key thing: is that as a group, they have good chemistry and they have they have really good banter and 
like they all support each other in in various ways. You get that good group chemistry that you really need in this kind of show, which is basically them, you know, mostly doing episodic stuff. There's an overarching storyline about dealing with monsters and that group of, of monks they pissed off, but you really need that chemistry at the core of a show like this. I just I really like it. Until Doc said it, I didn't know it was by the guy who did Spirit Circle and Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, but it makes perfect sense. It kind of looks like it. it has that same thing about uh, accepting differences and, and you know, mm-hmm. the same kind of optimistic spirit those shows had. Yeah. Have you read Spirit Circle? No, but I've heard about it endlessly from oh, Luigi and other people. Luigi talks about it. I read it re- reasonably recently because it was on the Crunchyroll manga app that they recently closed. Boo. But um, that's a phenomenal manga. It's really, really good. I hope that Sengoku Yoku is popular so that we can get a Spirit Circle anime because that will be stunning if they do it properly. Uh, there's even yeah. a moment, because there's that famous panel from Spirit Circle. She says, why are we alive? Because something good might happen. And uh, the Fox Girl says basically the same line in, in mm-hmm. one of the shows. And it actually reminded me of that. I was like, oh, it's kind of like that one manga. And I didn't realize it was the same guy. That makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a kind of like an uplifting show. Like I, I, it's one of those shows that makes you feel better when you watch it. Yeah. Can, can I ask you both of you a question? Mm-hmm. Can either, can can either of you – can either of you – yeah, you can't. <laughs> uh, can either of you – explain in detail exactly what it what the relationship is between the fox girl and her younger brother like what it what are they supposed to be doing without like just saying like they have they they have powers between them well no the guy he trained with you know some kind of sage you know a a guy with with spiritual powers and she obviously the fox girl actually found him when looking for his master and they became essentially foster siblings, and they have some kind of bond where he's able to, you know, absorb her powers temporarily. They're not related or anything like that, and and I don't think there's probably a lot of backstory that's not been properly explained yet. I'm sure. No, no, we've only seen probably... snippets of yeah. what they were, their life was like before we saw them. But yeah, they're basically foster siblings, right? Yeah, I guess. Like, I just, I, I don't exactly remember. <laughs> what what they do besides oh they kind of share a power together somehow well i mean they, they've lived together for some time at this point and it's like his master had you know they've said like he, he had that spirit transformation thing where he could like turn into a whatever i can't remember the word they use instead of yokai is a hamataro or something um yeah but he has like a partial version of that he can't do it all the way but he can like borrow her powers Right. Very, I think their relationship is great. They're very close, and it's like the fox girl is so adorable. Yeah, they, they make love, a great pair. Their but their power thing is very nebulous. Well, I mean, they 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 keep it nebulous on purpose so they they don't have to keep up with like the rules of it, right? If they never yeah. specifically state what his limits are, they don't have to worry about keeping to it. But it's obvious that he can't do it forever. Like that, it kind of burns out after a while. Oh, I'm not even talking about like the limits and things like that. Like, I'm I'm just talking about like, okay, what exactly is, what exactly are they doing when they do the, I don't know, power transfer thing? Like, what uh, is what is? I don't, I don't know what that is. Blood. So he's like, he's taking her blood, I guess, and that activates his spirit transformation ability, right, or something like that. Yeah, because she, she kind of turns into human in Yuasha during those periods, right. I also no. really loved that they did that one scene where they actually addressed that she has two sets of ears. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
She can hear through both sets. Hooray. Yeah, yeah she likes okay, having both finally. sets, and, she, and they both work. Right. Yeah, problem solved. Like, nobody ever addresses that. I thought it was great. Finally, the question has been answered. I really think uh, Doc's pink hair girl is like an out, just the the MVP, though. I really like her yeah. character. She's really sweet. <laughs> I like her a lot. She's got her, like, country accent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. She's- She's my she's the, she's the show's booba representative. Also, <laughs> I love that they were like, "Let's put go ahead and put you in the in the shortest uh, yukata we can find." <laughs> but she's adorable, even though her backstory is fucked. She's kind of like weakest tamer. Like her backstory is so fucked, but she's just kind of a yeah. innocent little girl, like doo doo doo. Yeah, I was turned into a monster and killed my whole family. <laughs> But yeah, that show's great. I hope more people watch it. You're right. I do worry about a Spirit Circle adaptation because if it was bad like Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer was, I think I worry for like Luigi's health. Because yeah. <laughs> the people who like Spirit Circle really, really like it. So if it gets a shit adaptation, those people will be devastated. There'll be riots in the streets. <laughs> it was like, wants to see like because people loved Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. That, that was a very well-liked show or manga too. And then the, the show was, I, got, I hung in with it all the way to the end and it was bad. You were the, one of the only ones who made it through. I, I was, I think I might've been the only person who watched all the way to the end in our group, but yeah, I watched the first episode and thought, Oh, this was, this looks pretty bad, but I can, I can cope with it by about four or five episodes. Then I was like, this is actively offensive. This is, this is damaging my soul. I had to stop. <laughs> there were some characters I really wanted. Like I really liked, they were they were pretty cool, but they, the show just failed them over and over oh, again. So, I just couldn't. My heart couldn't take it. So, you know, watch Sengoku Yoko so we get Spirit Circle. Yeah. By White, maybe by White Fox. Maybe, if this is good enough, maybe White Fox will do it. Yep. Anyway, so, uh, Pizza, you want to talk about Unwanted Undead Adventurer, one of the weirder fantasy shows I've seen in a while? I wouldn't say it's weird. I'd say it's just more of a more down to earth fantasy show. Like, I don't know, spent... the, the, the concept is interesting at the very least. Well, basically, uh, I'd have to describe as like the main character basically gets an unfortunate case of undeath and he's trying to reintegrate back into human society, even though he is technically an undead now. So, I yeah. Hate yeah. He caught. Yeah, it's just like a bad cold. One day he just woke up, he's a skeleton. And then he just works hard to like become a ghoul and then eventually a vampire. But I just really like the general writing of the show because it's just very methodical, but also very pleasant. Like, all the char- there are no like super evil antagonists in the show. All the human characters are fairly pleasant, nice people. And it's kind of just showing what a, an adventure life would be kind of be like like having like being in a guild and just dealing with everybody in the in the village that the guild is in and uh, yeah i just say the presentation is very it's very good like the show looks pretty dang nice and the character designs are really nice as well and uh, i'd say I absolutely love the character writing as well because a lot of these kind of fantasy like shows that have been getting animated a lot generally kind of treat the main character as like some unparalleled paragon. While in this show, the main character is 
kind of a pillar of well not really a pillar of his community but he's very well known and people do care about him when he disappears and yeah, the things so, i like about his character is that he wasn't like he wasn't oh my god he's the the weakest you know a hunter in all of mankind and now he's magically got stronger but he wasn't like the best either he was an okay adventurer that was very reliable and everybody liked him yeah and so, just seeing like kind that. of the yeah, just kind of seeing the down, like the day to day lives or the low key stakes of this show, it's just been very engaging because you get very invested in Rent's story because he's just a kind of a normal dude trying to get through, get through his life, and something bad happens to him, and then he has to kind of like scramble to get all his shit back into order because he is technically not a human, but he still thinks and feels like he is a human. So yeah, well, yeah. Have, making him climb the ladder of undead, he's, like, he had to go from skeleton to ghoul to gas. He's shooting for uh, vampire for like you know a vampire. I was I wonder if he has to go through like white and lich first, or if he can just go straight to vampire. Um, I think he's just going to try to go straight to the vampire because it, it it vampires look human, and essentially he wants to just get back into human life. I do yeah. like that he gets a double whammy of being undead and a cursed mask he can't take off. Yeah, and I always look—I really love the dichotomy, like between his design and like his personality. Like he looks like a berserk level character, like he's a a black swordsman with a like a skull mask on his face, and then he's just this kind of quiet, down to earth guy who's just gently trying to help people and get get through his day. <laughs> yeah, and I honestly, I. Also, just love the world building in the series as well because it really takes into account why somebody would become an adventurer and would go into a dungeon like kind of prepared, underprepared. Like the stuff with the barkeeper, well, the restaurant owner who kind of just ran into a dungeon because he's severely in debt and needed to get some quick money to pay off his debts was very interesting. And I really like how. Rent had to deal with that situation. And yeah, it's just the show presents interesting problems and solves them in interesting ways with, that really gets me invested in the series. Like groundbreaking, but it, it executes this concept very well. Yeah. Like if I had to compare it to something, it'd kind of be like the middleman, um, the adventurer Sato. Oh, handyman Sato from a couple seasons back where Sato is pretty good at, like, doing general stuff, but he's not, like, saving the world or anything. And he's just trying yeah, to get he's through. he's not overpowered, but he's very useful. Yes. And Rent is kind of the same, and same, like, is similar to that. He's, like, very strong for his, in his area, because he has a lot of experience just, like, take dungeon delving and then taking out general monsters and dealing with his local fauna. And that's just very interesting because it does a good way. It kind of we um, Rent's general ability to deal with his local area does a very good job of actually world building because he's constantly bringing up that information and applying it in interesting ways to solve problems. Yeah, I also and like yeah. how they're balancing the 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 kind of episodic stuff where like he goes in, there's something happens, he deals with it. With the overall mystery of that extra part of the labyrinth that he found, like, wh why was this not here before? What was the thing that killed him? What's up with the ha the almost naked elf that he ran into in his last episode? 
Yeah, um, and yeah, I just absolutely love all the different mysteries that the show is presenting because they are having a large part effect on Rent's life, and the mysteries themselves are also kind of interesting. You're always just like each episode presents something new that you kind of want to just learn more and more about. And then there's the whole mystery of Rent's backstory as well. Like you're kind of given a vague idea of what where he came from, but you're not really given the exact details. And there's always that interesting bit. Plus, I really love his relationship with Lorraine because they're clearly, well, their dialogue is just fun, and they're a very fun couple to just watch. They're kind of, they're kind of cute. Yeah, Rents and I also doesn't, doesn't notice that she's into him. That's always fun. Yeah. yeah, and I also appreciate that they are adults as well. Like, there's no there, really there is silly that fans he's either. not he's not like seventeen, you know, in like like a lot of these shows where I'm an adventurer, I'm seventeen. He's he's like clearly in his mid to late twenties. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I do like that actually. Yeah, and I also enjoy the fact that there's no forced fan service at all, like sure there are some like cute ladies and then there's a lot of times where rent is just like shirtless but it's not like presented. you can't say there's not fan service like lorraine's walking around with her gigantic like double d's out all the time yeah but that's more of a stylist i feel like she's more dressed like that because she likes it like when you saw her in the past she was dressed significantly more conservatively that's true oh i mean it's more in the past she hadn't um grown yet yes but I feel like her current outfit is more of her choice to actually dress like that rather than uh, the like the author trying to oogle a sexy lady. Yeah, and he's got nothing on Tales of Wedding Rings anyway, because holy shit. Yeah. But anyway, are we gonna really talk about Tales of Wedding? No, Rings we're not gonna. Talk, just, there was there was there's a dark elf female character that 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 show's uncensored, so there's nipples in like every episode. They had this dark elf walk into like a bath scene. <laughs> her tits were uh, unrealistically large. Let's put it that way. And I just started laughing. It was so fucking funny. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, but uh, I, if you want a good like fantasy show, I would recommend Undead Adventure because it's not. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty solid. It's very solid. Uh, Gugsy and Duck have. Uh, I am curious for uh, people like our absent friend Luigi. How's uh, Tomazaki season two going for you guys? Uh, quite intense. Um, I don't know if you're finding this, Gugsy. It's, it's quite upsetting watching because it's been focusing on uh, bullying and the sort of psychological effects of that in a classroom setting and bystander effect and why people won't do anything even if they see another member of their class being victimised. So um, it's been pretty good. And that, that storyline is just resolved in the last episode with... Um, Sort of main girl Aoi Hinami being essentially uh, a war criminal, which we all knew she was capable of being. Um, so yeah, she's she's essentially evil. So yeah. see, I don't, I have not really been enjoying the season a whole lot, and I think mm. for one thing, and this this might have to be a whole separate conversation, but oh. Well, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to the, the, the bullying. But yeah. I think part of the, my problem with it is, you know, it's it's totally fine for, you know, in this show where we're trying to, like, I mean, the main point of it is that the main character is working on improving his social skills. Mm. It's, mm. It's, totally, it's totally fine for us to, like, okay, so we'll, for a, a minute now, we're going to uh, focus entirely on a side character. 
and have, and go through a, a, a social situation with a, with a side character and and do that. That's totally fine. But I, I feel like we've we've been doing we've been stuck in this in this holding pattern with this bullying situation for like I don't know, I don't even know how many episodes. Five, yeah, five, ep- five, yeah, five, episodes. Ep- five yeah. straight episodes of this, and I don't. Well, I I don't think anyone's really they're not really learning anything apart, apart from this. Or at least there's not really not at least from what I can see. One and then the second thing is I you know the bullying the show's the show's solution to how to solve this bullying situation was really weird to me. Mm. It, and and I'm I'm trying to not say it's straight up bad. But yeah. I don't agree at all with what the show, no, how the show bad. handled it. It was bad, and I think the, the the show was making the point that it was bad because because the way that Hinami managed it horrified it's, the other characters. Right. It's uh, a bit, essentially, what the show concluded is in, in order to 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 stop a bully from bullying someone, essentially the solution the show came up with. Maybe we maybe they're going to deal with the consequences, but mm. I'm not sure. Is they they said that to to stop the bully now you have to act you have to bully the bully, yeah, and that's how you solve. So everyone stops bullying each other, which I don't I don't think that works. In no, and the thing is the situation I mean, had almost resolved itself, and then she went and just pushed it so far, yeah, <laughs> that, that caused probably lasting psychological damage. Um, and yeah, that that was awful, and you could see the, the other characters re- reacting to that. And then, in a way, that's probably going to damage that character's social standing, because um, she's normally like a sort of master manipulator who controls how everyone thinks. And that, and and she's now made that very very clear what kind of person she actually is. Um, that's almost like a, a glimpse under her many masks that actually she is pretty cold um, and uh, Machiavellian. Um, yeah, so I don't like her at all. <laughs> um, her, her I, being Hinami or her being the bully? Uh, both. I don't like, I don't, I don't like, I don't like, yeah, yeah okay, good. I, Are I you don't supposed like to like her? Either of them. I don't know. Well, hmm. Does the show want you to like her or does it want you to side with her or is it clear that? I mean, I mean she is, is the main part. female lead, sort of. Yeah. And that, that's, that's where, because they basically did this bully the bully Thing in the latest episode, so we don't really know what's going to happen next. But you like, wonder right- if she's being set up as almost like the kind of the final boss, <laughs> the, the, the the thing that that, that uh, Tomozaki has to defeat in order to become a, a, which a I, properly functioning human being. Which I don't think I I, I don't want that to be what the mm. what the show turns into. I like mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that first season with. The two of them, her slowly pulling him out of his shell, and mm-hmm. him him starting to like you know have these redeeming qualities that make that naturally make other people like want to be around him. Yeah, and then we kind of we kind of spin in circles in this for this bullying situation with the side character, and it's just kind of ruined every like everyone involved. I don't know. It's just okay. it's really hard to to, to explain. Mm. I've, I've not read the original novels, but apparently the whole bullying thing, it took up more than one entire novel. So, um, I don't know. And, and Luigi, who has read them, says it only really gets more intense from here on in. So, I'm not sure if you'll enjoy it if you don't like this particular uh, tone and story structure. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I will. And that's a shame, because mm. I, I really did like the, the first season a whole lot, and I was looking forward to the second season. 
mm-hmm. if this is more the direction we're going to be going in, then I don't see how you can find this to be likable. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, different strokes, different folks. Yeah. I mean, it's the show is a comedy, but like it's, it's always had serious elements, right? It's not funny. <laughs> there's been nothing. Sound not, funny. There's, yeah. been, there's been nothing funny about it. It's been really pretty deathly serious. Well, I mean, as long as it's compelling. I like it. Um, in, a, in a way, it's a bit like um, you know my, my teen comedy snafu or a gairu, however you want to oh, call it. It's like that, but, but less boring. Um, that that show so. drove me up the wall. Um, the third season I liked, but the first two were just oh, interminable. It's boring. Um, <laughs> And I didn't get half the characters and why they did their stuff. They just kept on talking and talking and talking and talking and nothing would come of anything. It was awful. Whereas at least in Tomazaki stuff actually happens. Yeah, I never got past the first season of that because I hated it. Yeah. But anyway, so I hope... I wish Luigi was on this episode. Uh, I'm going to try and get his opinion on that later. Hmm. Let's move on. Uh, It's a pretty good season. It's been a pretty good couple seasons for rom-coms. Like this year, we have Dangers in My Heart season two, and a F- Sign of Affection, which I I like. Doc thinks is boring. Um, you know, Chain hey, Soldier. I'm with Kev. Kev. I think sort of. I think it, I think Sign of Affection is kind of boring. Oh, I think you're kind of boring. But there's also Hokkaido Gals are adorable, which is really good. You should watch that. And Foolish Angel Dances with the Devil, which is a show that I think I'm the only person who's watching, but I think is really really fucking funny. Um, I, I watched a little bit of it. I didn't really find it as funny. Oh, it's like the second episode, especially. It was, it, like the first episode was kind of like I don't know about this, and then the second episode really sold me because it's fucking funny, and it's been really funny since. Like I really like it. Uh, my uh, for those of you in the chat, my profile icon is from that show. <laughs> they do weird, like ridiculous facial reactions like that all the time. I don't know. Like, there's an episode that part of that second episode where they start like trying to out the other one to get the other one to react, and it's just really funny. Anyway, so anyway, the question for this week to the proletariat of Amate was just, "What's your favorite rom com? Give me a favorite rom com." And I asked, of course, "Give me a rom com, not a list of rom coms." And of course, nobody listened <laughs> because no one I ever respects you. the question. I gave you just one. Yes, but you gave me the wrong one. No, no. no I... <laughs> so it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. We're going to skip yours for now, so you can give that on your sure. turn. But right now, John, our friend John said, uh, Kimi no Todake, which I believe is from me to you. Yeah, that's. I'm pretty sure that's that one. Uh, that's the one where the, the girl looks like the character from The Ring, so she gets bullied, and then she finds love. Yeah. I actually like that show, but it, I th- it's one of those shows that took way too long for the two characters. Way too long. Yeah. Like they, didn't, they didn't hook up until like the, the back third of the second season. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is taking too long. Uh see. Our boy Marquand said, my love story. Can't argue with that. I fucking love my love story. That is a great show. Hmm. Suna is the best bro wingman. Suna is the all-time bro. Suna, is the, Suna in that show always felt like an audience insert character to say, Hey, stop doing that. <laughs> uh, rate system stuff is not helpful. Nan says, uh, as a matter of fact, favorite co- rom-com is Kaguya. I expect to see Kaguya. Yeah. People love that. Show. Proton loves that. 
show unreasonably. It's very good. That's why. I just see. I, uh, you were talking about um, what was it? The Angel and Devil show. Yeah, that's the, that's basically a knockoff of Kaguya. I mean, not re- no. It's much sillier than Kaguya. I mean, she's okay. literally an angel. He's literally the devil. <laughs> right. Well, an and, angel and a devil. Yeah. It's got way, it's, the humor is way wackier. Okay. I'll take your word for it. it. Okay. But yeah. The thing is like, I don't, I don't think Kaguya is bad. I just didn't like it. You know, the, the, the subtle difference between those two things. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I got why people liked it. I understood it. I thought it was produced magnificently, but it just wasn't my thing. And with that, I completely agree with you. Um, I'm, I had the exact same reaction, just with the angel and demon one. I, uh, it just wasn't. It was even less for me, I guess. If that makes sense. I really wish. Go watch season episode two and, and then tell me. Okay. Anyway, uh, Ray Zeno says apothecary diaries. If that counts, I'm, I'm. I I don't know if that counts as a rom com. It really I, do- shouldn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> It's a great show, though. Um, yes. He said probably either Tomozaki-kun or Hokkaido Gals. Hokkaido Gals are, are super adorable. Is I love that show. It has such great energy. It's what, what our friends Luigi would call immaculate vibes. I love that show. Uh, anyway. Well, you don't like it? Oh, no. I was thinking it's also immaculate vibes, but also immaculate something else. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously. But that's, that's not all it's got going for it. Yeah, I know. Uh, see, our friend Stin said either My Dress Up Darling or Call of the Night. Both have mm-hmm. vivid characters that feel alive. And real. God, Call of the Night so fucking good. Mm-hmm. We're getting more of that, right? I, didn't I hear that? Mm, I don't think that's been announced. I'd love oh, there to be more. You gotta get more. You gotta give me more of that, that fucking like, awesome music that was in Neja. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, right agrees with Dress Up Darling. UMR guy says, Game- gamers, really? Gamers, I hate that show. <laughs> Fucking hate that show. Um, Uzaki-chan wants to hang out. A lot of people like that. That show has a lot of, of the same thing going for it that Hokkaido Gals does, if you know what I mean. Mm. But uh, some people really like that. Gamers, I, I, Jesus Christ. But, you know, you know, all opinions are valid here. Uh, see our friend Reikaze say Kaguya-sama and the world God only knows. I do fucking love that show. I don't know if it counts as a rom-com. It totally does. It does. You think? Yeah. I mean, my favorite uh, girl eventually wins. This is I've said this a million times, but like it's one of the only shows where I ever went and read the manga because I wanted to see how it ended. That's how the much I like it. Won. <laughs> the best girl won. At least the girl I wanted to win won. So I was very happy. I wish they would animate the rest of it because I want. I'd love to see that. You know, I was, I was thinking, is like, yeah, you know what? I think I, I, I also read the manga for this one too. After I watched everything, like, it, yeah, I did too. Mm-hmm. A lot of that last arc was kind of tedious, but the ending, the last chapter, the ending was really good. And of course, I was happy, you know, because my girl won. Yep. Nah. Uh, Tenshi thinks that God only knows isn't a rom com. <laughs> So I can see I can sort of see his point because he's, it's really just like is is it a rom com if the, he has to romance like every single person <laughs> rather than you know, like you know 
romancing, having a romance. Yeah, but that's what made the show good, especially as it went, was like the psychological damage he was starting to get from having to play with people and with the girls would forget him. And also like, especially when he hit, you know, Chiharu and, and she actually did like him and wasn't, didn't have a, a spirit in her. And he's like, Oh shit. He didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. That kind of stuff is what made that's the, those layers are what made the show good. Oh, I'm not, dis- I'm not disagreeing. I just, I just, the, the specific question of uh, whether it's a rom-com or what would you consider a rom-com? This, this one is definitely a little more it's definitely unorthodox at the very least. Than, than something like Apothecary, which they're, one character is not <laughs> like romantically involved with anyone at all. Like not interested. So yeah. In fact, that's one of the funniest things about the show. <laughs> yeah. She keeps just completely no selling him. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Alistair says love after world domination, which is a great mm. show. Yeah. Rom-coms are the best, says Mark. Oh, look, uh, Proton Storm said Kaguya-sama. I don't know if you guys saw that coming or not. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, our friend Declan said, Wotako, Wotakoi, what the, which show was that again? I can't remember the English. That, that was, um, uh, love is something rather for, I can't remember. <laughs> Geeks. Oh um, uh, yeah. Love is hard for an otaku or something. That's like that. it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I do remember that vaguely. I didn't really That one was it. all right. It was okay. I think it was, was that on Amazon? It might have been. And then of course, uh, Deck fails to follow my instruction and gives another show, Yamada and the Seven Witches. Also a pretty decent one, yeah. I like that show. I didn't like the ending. I, I don't like, I hate when shows end with a lot of dangling shit and then never gets a follow-up. But it was all right. It was a fun concept, at least. Yeah. They, 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 you have to read the manga ending. Yeah. Uh, the Aether says, uh, Witch Watch. And then he also plugs Romantic Killer, which I mean, Doc agrees with. That's oh, so good. That, that's fantastic. It's hilarious. It's yeah, like my the, wife the, really liked that one. It's the, the anti-rom-com. So, so good. <laughs> okay, that's all their answers. So we'll go to our panel of esteemed uh, commenters now. Uh, Doc Kev, give me your, your favorite rom-coms. Zzz, with the S in parentheses. Yeah, because yeah, there will be multiple ones. Um, so the stuff that's not been mentioned so far, I am absolutely adoring the dangers in my heart this season. Yes. It's it's really good. I think if it maintains this, this might be the best rom-com ever. Uh, it's so, whoa, so sweet. No, it's it's really they're it's, whoa, they, whoa, whoa. They executed the the. The the time worn rom com trope of the Valentine's Day's chocolate they executed yeah. it so good. Mm-hmm. The show that, it's, that's it's such a trope, and they did it so well. It's, it's I'm, so smartly written, um, and the characters are so empathetic and realistic, and there's there's none of the um, just like 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 stupid. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? There's no, it's not contrived in any way. There, there's no silly misunderstandings that last for several episodes or anything like that. They don't like hit each other and uh, or like scream at each other or anything. It's just they're uh, two close friends who are just gradually getting closer and closer and learning to come out of their shells and accept the fact that another person can actually love them for who they are. I love that. I mean, I mean, those are some big, those are some big words. 
big mm. words to, to be thrown around. Best best rom com. I Maybe. can't. Do, I can't mm. disagree with them though. It's it's it could. Whoa, it's, it's really easy. good. Well, mm. so have you have you not watched any of the show, Cugsy? I have not. Well, you, you are. This- you are something of a rom-com whore, so this is really up your street. I, I, that's I, what I'm saying. You're, uh, you're really, you're really uh, gearing my loins here with this. Yeah. <laughs> gearing my loins. Well, uh, it's also on high. It's on high dive, right? So it's not as yeah. easy to access. So you have to go get no, a yeah, I, there. Yeah, that's it's also. I suffer through having to cast the bullshit piece of shit high dive app mm. to watch this show. Okay. But um, it, start, it starts off a bit rough. <laughs> Gugsy. It's the only so, way they watch it. Yeah, but the, the, the first couple of episodes, the main character does have some quite off-putting character quirks to begin with. Uh, that's that's really deliberate, and it but it gets so much better from there, like unbelievably better. Um, yeah, this I, I think amazing. I think I I ignored this when it first came. Like, I see where we're already on season two. Yeah, I feel like I I ignored this because we were in the middle of a, a, a long stream of seasons with like unpopular member is getting noticed by popular school student thing. And we got like three or four of those back to back to back. And which this is one of those, but you know, you're, you, that is completely valid. I actually had the same thought when I, when I first saw during the preview uh, podcast before that season, like I only watch it basically on a whim, like, cause that's what it sets up as. And then it's so much better than that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the language you guys are throwing—you got got me sweating here. Yeah. By, by the way, uh, Pizza, if you edit this episode, the title is "Gugsy is a Romcom Whore." <laughs> I appreciate Fine. if you—I appreciate if you don't put my name on the on the thing, but you know, we can do variations. We'll discuss. Okay, so Doc, did you have another one besides Dangers? Um, yeah, I mean, it's been mentioned already. It was Call of the Night. Um, so I really loved that anime. I mean, the soundtrack was great. The visuals were great. But the, the main characters were a lot of fun, especially the main girl, Nazana, who's a, a vampire. She's just a, a bit of a gremlin. Um, yeah, what it, color is your hair, by the way? Uh, it's not quite pink, but it's... There's some purple in there. It's a pinkish tinge. I, I clearly have a type. Look, stop it. Um, <laughs> no, it's funny. But I, I've, I just recently finished the manga, which has got like 20 volumes. Uh, I probably talked about this before. But it, it's really good. It, it's, it's good right up until the end. It's got it's a really interesting story to it. It's got some great character interactions, especially once they open up the, the cast a bit and add in a bunch of new people. It never quite goes the way you think it's going to go. Um, it's, it's a really... Despite the fact that it contains vampires and it's about nighttime and stuff, it's quite an upbeat um, story. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's so worth reading. I, I really hope they make more of it. How far did the did the anime get in uh, about, about how far in about a quarter of the way through the story? Oh shit! Yeah, there's a lot. I wanted. I really liked when the other vampires showed up, and we kind of kind of started expanding the world a little bit. Mm-hmm. Really like that. It expands much further. It's really very good. Where where on the spectrum between zero and dangers in my heart are we putting Call of the Night? Doesn't quite reach it. It's probably if if, if uh, dangers in my heart is ten, this is maybe an eight. Oh my god, still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, uh, pizza. What is your favorite rom coms? Okay, but before I do that, and I'm just 
I just want to mention about High Dive. I'm surprised you haven't turned you like I'm surprised you didn't haven't turned like one of your TV your TV screen into a third monitor and just use the web app for High Dive to stream that stuff. I tried to do that and what happened was it, it, when it streams from my computer to the TV, the subtitles don't go with it. Ah. Uh, so like issue. the video will play on my screen and on the TV, but it's not the subtitles are only on the on the computer screen, not on the TV screen. That's I'm not weird. smart enough to know how to fix it. Okay. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. So my favorite rom coms would probably be Negima because he combat basically Negima is basically a combination of all the different tropes I really really liked back in the day. Like I was really big into Shonen action, and I got a bit of that in Negima, but there was also like the fan service. And then there's the kind of interesting rom-com stuff. But it was more of an action comedy, to be honest. So I'm very much stretching the I'm stretching the criteria there. But if you want a more direct, like, rom-com answer from me, I'd probably say Love After World Domination, because it's just a very cute show. The characters are all very fun, and then a lot of them have very interesting backgrounds. Like, I love how the main girl has... Um, her family is like, um, um, they, her family works for the evil organization. So her dad is like really big into it, and he really doesn't like the main superhero persona of the main guy. And that dichotomy is a lot of fun. Um, that was my favorite episode when he was over there when they came to visit. Yeah, and then I that was just great. love, I love how Desumi is also like canonically super strong for no reason. So she just gets into situations where she can, like, deck a person into the ground, and it's really funny. And then I just love how her backstory with, like, the Green Ranger of um, the show is, like, the Green Ranger is super terrified of her, and she does not know why. Uh, It's just so funny. And then just all the romantic bits of it are super cute as well. I'm just kind of sad that it's over, and the show, the series has ended in manga form as well, so no more fun on that front, unfortunately. We could always get a second season, maybe. Well, a second season, but the main series is also over. That's what I was referring to. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Was that your only one? Or you got more? Nah, that's it. I'm not really of a rom-com guy, in all honesty. Well, let's go over to the rom-com whore. Gugsy, what are your <laughs> favorite rom-coms? <laughs> Oh, and I, I, I got you. You didn't like my choice. I don't because I hate that show, and we all know it. And I'm still uh, mad that it I, won Anime of the Year in one of our votings when it didn't deserve it. It but deserved it. I'm, I'm sorry. It was made that was the year for Made in Abyss. I mean, that show was not better than Made in Abyss. Uh, beg to differ. Um, so but the show I'm picking is Suki Ga Kirei, <laughs> which was a better show than Made in Abyss season one. Yeah, really, really, really wasn't. As, it really as, wasn't. It's scientifically proven. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I, don't, I don't know anything about this show. So sell it to me. <laughs> it's just a really cute like ro- uh, romance where you know, with all like no, not none of the like really the tropes, and it's just a, a story of just these two you know teens just falling in love. It's really romantic. It's it really doesn't great. sound nearly moist or glistening enough to. No, it doesn't have it. It's got none. It's got none of those things. But oh. it's just a really cute little romance 
and it had it had multiple anti-team members bawling by the end of it. So, oh. you know, yeah, They're like tears of joy. Hmm. Yeah, because so, it was over. Where can I watch <laughs> this? Is it on Crunchyroll? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on Crunchyroll, right? Somewhere, yeah. Hmm. I'm going to add that to my watch list. Because that, I that mean, one... In Guzzi's yeah. defense, he it, he wasn't like alone. A lot, like I said, a lot of people really mm-hmm. liked it, and it, it managed to just edge Maiden Abyss in the voting, which I'm still mad about. Look, um, I thought it sucked. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Well, you know, I have it on my list already. Oh, hmm. Honestly, yeah. even past how I didn't like the characters, the the way they were drawn, that weird outlining thing they did, really bothered me. Now that's Jeez. just me, obviously. That's really subjective, but it really bugged me. God, anyway, it was no fun. No fun. I mean, yeah. obviously, I'm in the minority since it won anime of the year from the, the most prestigious anime organization in, in America. And yeah, the only anime organization in America, as far as I'm aware of. <laughs> you got any other ones? I would, I would, I would say, yeah, I actually, I was pulling up, uh, you know, just to see what other rom coms I, I could put out there since I knew you were so upset with my pick. And I'm actually <laughs> kind of surprised that. No one has said this already because it seems kind of obvious to me. But the the Bunny Girl show, oh yeah, oh, yeah. that, that yeah. would have been my third choice if I was yeah. allowed one. Just a, <laughs> you could have just said real, it. <laughs> just a really solid rom com yeah. where mm. they, 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 there are arcs where he's helping he's helping other girls out, but they, they, I mean he's locked into the one. Oh yeah, their relationship is the through line for everything. That's. That first arc is still the best part, but like their relationship in every arc is so good. They're, they're just a, a fantastic anime couple. Yeah. So, that, that you, was you my, happy with me now? Yes, that was my that was yes. my top anime of what year was that? Was that uh, 2018? 2018? Yeah, that was my num- number one anime of that year. I, I love that. Show. It was really good. Yeah, fantastic. The one the thing we had to keep telling her he loves her over and over again. And she would get like super embarrassed every time, but wouldn't stop him. What I do like that. Do? What can we do to make Aniplex release those movies in the UK? Um, who, who do I, I don't know. I haven't gotten to see any of the movies either. In really, no, I haven't seen any. Again, just, I, I love the show though. The show. Doc, have so you good. tried finding a local monkey paw? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be scared what the cost might be. <laughs> I think what you're gonna have to do. Uh, Duck is spit on your hands, raise the Jolly Roger, and sail the seas. Mm. Start slitting throats. <laughs> I love it. I, that show. Still had like one of the, like the the arc that was about his little sister was just emotionally brutal. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and I was like, damn, this is good writing. <laughs> anyway, so you're yeah, happy the, with my pick now. That's a great pick. Uh, you know, I, I all opinions are welcome. I just happen to disagree with that. I never liked that show. You know that we had many, many arguments over that at the time, and that you won. So maybe I, that's why I'm so mad about it. Yeah, yeah. Scoreboard. Yeah, can't, I can't argue with it. It's in there up there with Bochi the Rock and Freyren and a place further than the universe. You're winning, winning the most prestigious anime awards on the internet. Mm. Yeah, shout out to. Uh, the revolution of the uh, magical, the magical genius girl, and the Yuri princess, because that was a fantastic Yuri rom com that I didn't know was a Yuri rom com when I started. And uh, that should be it for today. Unless anybody else has one more rom com to throw up. Okay, we're good. 
Thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been a romantic comedy episode of the NFT podcast. Thank you for joining me. I have been uh, burdened with Dr. Kev. <laughs> bye bye. Gugsy. I've always been your burden. Uh, you're my beast of burden. And of course, that's my pizza. I don't have anything witty to say this time, unfortunately. Yeah, you can't always have it. Anyway, nope. thank you for joining us. Uh, join us in several weeks for another episode. And remember, Gugsy is a rom-com whore. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>